This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Awesome. Uh, you want some pea soup? Dude, I mean, I actually love pea soup, so that's not even gross to me. I mean, the the red in it's a little weird, but like, that's maybe someone, some weirdo puts ketchup in their pea soup. I don't know, but like, that's, I always eat pea soup and pretend I'm Reagan from The Exorcist. <laughs> Get the cross away from Greg! Uh, but Dude, what did you have me watch today what is this this is the movie that i was looking for forever that i'd never thought i'd find and i found it at horror realm and I went yay and i got home i opened up the case and went it's a burnt copy look well, has this ever been released physically I, on vhs okay but never like since we entered the disc age in like the late 90s no no it's i don't i don't believe it's made the jump Okay. How bad is it if you've never made the jump? For example, Brett, I just watched The Horrors of Spider Island on DVD. <laughs> that made the disc jump. Oh, God. What's the one? The I have The Creeping Terror on Blu-ray. <laughs> exactly. How do you not make the disc like jump? Like You're like, you know what? No. You're just staying on tape. But that's why I love VHS, because you, you find hidden gems like this. <laughs> Dude, it's not awful. No, I mean, it kind of is, but it's awful I can deal with, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely a, like, early to mid-70s drive-in movie. Oh, this is Grindhouse to the T, 100%. Where they thought, like, they had no idea that one day, like, home movie would exist, and that this movie was just going to disappear. It made its few bucks, and now it's done its job and go away. Yep. Nope. We're here to dig it up. Yes. We're standing at that gravestone with shovels like we're getting deranged. <laughs> Alright, so this is from 1974, Deranged. I don't have credits, so you got some credits for me? Yeah, Um. it has two directors, uh, Jeff Gillen and Alan Ormsby, who also uh, was the writer, Alan Ormsby, and Tom Savini did the makeup. I did know that. I caught his name in the credits, too. Yeah, which, that's when we met Savini. I almost kicked myself a little bit. Because I wanted to ask him, like, a question about Deranged. Like, oh, what was Deranged like? Kind of thing. And you know he's going to be like, oh, it was fine. And I go, oh, wow, he said something to me. Dude, I'm trying to think of what Savini would have actually had to do much with this movie. And honestly, I think it's probably, like, the skeletons and the rotting body stuff. Yeah, I saw a little bit of a behind-the-scenes thing on this, which also does exist. It was made in, like, the early 90s. And it was a lot of him being like, oh, how they got the blood to shoot out of the mother's nose at the beginning and stuff, and how they made the bodies and that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, that's the only thing I can think that really calls for Savini to be on your set. You know what I mean? Yeah, because this is early Savini. Yeah, so we should go over this. This is basically, like, an... Almost an Ed Gein biopic, but yeah. they changed the names up, like, they changed some of the details up and stuff like that. I'm sure you'll definitely be able to point oh, out yes. all the differences and everything to me. So, like, it's his name's not Ed Gein, it's Ezra Cobb, as, which, as Ed, very on purpose. And you don't get, like, the actual victims or anything like that. You actually don't get too much of the digging up, you get a little bit of it. So, like, 
more inspired than like Psycho or Texas Chainsaw. It's like I said, it's almost a biopic, but still not like. Remember when they did that Zac Efron movie a few years ago about Ted Bundy? Yeah. It's not like that. No, or it's not like a My Friend Dahmer when they did yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. This is yeah. definitely a. Because uh, Gein always went after heavy set older women, and this one, like Mary, is like real thin and whatnot and like way younger than what he would go after in real life. His name has changed. Like you said, there's a bunch of details, but there's like the overall story. It's pretty close. It's not bad. Yeah. Like I said, it's more than all these other movies that everyone tries to claim are Ed Gein movies. Especially more than those. Like Texas Chainsaw. You can see some with like the face masks and like all the body stuff. But the family stuff is nowhere near, because Ed was just alone. Yeah, he's a loner out there just digging up bodies. Right. Alright, so oh, you want to get into this thing? Real quick, do you oh, know good. who plays Ezra Cobb? I know that guy, but I don't think I know him, you know what I mean? Uh, his name is Robert Blossom. Remember the old guy who sold the kid the car and Christine? He's like, her name's Christine. And he has a weird oh, okay. brace. And remember Home Alone, the old guy that lives next door with the shovel who they all think's the murderer? Yep. It's him. Dude, I just watched Christine, <laughs> like, two weeks ago, yeah. that's why I was watching that, and I knew it was the Home Alone guy, and then I watched this, and I didn't make that connection, but I was looking like, he looks really familiar to me. Which, that scene in Christine that he has, is literally, like, two seconds. He's like, her name's Christine, but every, that's what I remember almost most from that. No, he comes back. He has another yeah. scene. He's not just a one and done. No, but he's not like the movie. He has like one or two no. lines. <laughs> no, this seems to be a shtick, like show up for a bit part. Yeah. But so nineteen seventy four and right at the beginning of the movie we get the this is absolutely true title card. One hundred percent. At the end of the movie, we get, this may was based on true events, but as a work of fiction, like, all likenesses are incidental and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. which card am I supposed to believe? Uh, the, the first one's the fun card, the second one's the legal card. <laughs> Very true. But we get this fourth wall-breaking reporter yeah, the who, entire movie. Who shows up the entire movie, and he's just so jarring every time, because he'll just randomly pop up and start talking with his giant glasses and his big 70s hair. So I think IMDb fucked up when I was looking at the credits here, Brett. Or, the, or I'm not believing this, because they had him listed as this character and as the mother. <laughs> no, there's no, because Savini was talking about, in that behind-the-scenes thing I was talking about, about how the woman was actually, like, a very elderly woman they were working with. Okay, so they just messed up, like, no one's just corrected it all this time. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. But we have this fourth-wall-breaking guy, and he's talking about how he's covered these crimes, and they're all terrible, you know, all that kind of stuff. He pops in and out a lot. Yeah, to kind of, it, it's a weird narrator type thing. They, like you don't really need. It's almost like if you've seen uh, the town that dreaded sundown, which was also like a early to mid seventies movie. Of they have this narrator in there for some reason that like tells you what's going on, but then the thing happens. Yeah, he's not necessary at all. But whatever, no. that's the through line. And 
we're introduced to Ezra Cobb, who is our main character, and Mama Cobb, and she is very sick in bed. And what what is Ezra bringing Mama? Soup! Soup! <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage is outside their house, running around with the Instant Packet, all excited. Alva <laughs> Soup! Even, uh, even Ezra's, like, we gotta, episode. <laughs> Ezra's like, we gotta keep him away. He's too crazy for even me. But the mom's telling Ezra that she's dying and she's warning about all the women's wickedness and all these kind of like, you know, like the Bible beating, like temptations of flesh and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Don't even think about sex or you're going straight to hell. But she does say there is one woman you can trust. Her name is Maureen Selby, and she'll help him if, when I'm gone because you can trust her because she's fat. Yeah, she's a big old heifer. <laughs> is that that's the term she uses? I believe. Yeah, and it's it is just so, because then either uh, even later Ezra brings it up about like oh yeah I can trust her she's fat. And it's like why. <laughs> Dude, this guy who plays Ezra, he does a good job. I won't lie, like. When I was going to this thinking it was more biopic style, I'm like, that's not, like, he looks way too old, I guess. Yeah, but it's also funny because I did the math, because later they, like, throw out a bunch of, like, numbers of years. Like, oh, it's been 10 years and 15 years. and uh, So he's about 37 years old. Snoochins! <laughs> Snooch! <laughs> but He's feeding her some pea soup, very like predator blood green pea soup. Yeah. And he like puts it in her mouth and she starts coughing up blood. It comes out her nose and her mouth. And he's like, no, not the blood. She's like, no, mama, no. And because he's like shoveling, because she's like, my throat is closing up. Like, I can't breathe. I'm dying right now. He's like, no, you're not. You need a nap. Here, have some soup. She's like, I don't want soup. And then finally, he's she starts like choking, and she's just he's shoveling the pea soup into her mouth. And this is the first time I watched it. I was like kind of half watching it, and I thought it was snot that was coming out of her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a cool looking effect because, like I said, it's like neon green pea soup, and it's that like all the blood in this movie is that like super like melted crayon like Technicolor blood. Yeah, it's definitely they like. It's from a paint can, it looks like. <laughs> what is it called? That New Kensington Gore? Yes. She dies, and then we cut to the funeral. And his friend throughout the movie and his wife are there. And Ed's, Ezra, I called him Ed. Ezra <laughs> says something about how she's sleeping. He's like, you think she's just sleep? Oh, you think she's just sleeping there? And Ezra's like, oh, she is. Oh, yeah, he's, like, about, because the uh, lady, like, the wife keeps going on and on about you need to find a woman so you're not just up there at the house alone, and he keeps trying to, like, comfort him, because he is, like, Ed's buddy for some weird reason, because this guy is, like, married, he has, like, two kids, it's, like, the nuclear family type thing when you think about it in, like, the 50s when this takes place. It's like, oh yeah, she's just she's just sleeping up there. And he's like, oh yeah, she is. I'm going to go get her later and bring her back to the house. It's like, oh Ed, you stop joking. <laughs> I mean, like, I think they're just neighborly. Because I'm pretty sure, like, they are the next closest house. So that's probably why they know him. And, like, they've probably helped them with stuff and vice versa. Like, so I guess that's the closest thing to a friend Ezra has. And they bring up later that they went to, like, school together and whatnot. Yeah. 
Uh, but Ezra never accepts her death, as the narrator tells us. And they, the narration is talking about him descending into his madness. He starts hearing his mother's voice. If you miss me so much, why don't you bring me home? Like, you're a terrible son. You left me in the ground for over a year. <laughs> and it's like the... I swear to God, it has like almost a like sound effect, like that dream effect as she goes to talk. Yeah. But so he does just that. He goes and digs up his mom and puts her in the car and he's singing in the car with her. He's having a grand old time because his mom's back. And then a cop's behind him and he gets pulled over for speeding. Jesus Christ, like the worst time in the world. And it all could have ended right here. Oh, it's so funny. Like. It's not funny, but it's interesting with all this, all the times that real true crime uh, events like this happen. Of they almost got caught, they got pulled over, but then the cop just lets them go because of like, oh, it's just a warning. Yeah, Dahmer's the big one with that, with the close calls and everything. Oh, he got the, he got it back. He got the, the kid delivered back to him. Yeah, I know, that's, like, the craziest one. Like, all those cops should have been immediately arrested themselves after. Because if you even listen to, like, the scanner calls, they're laughing about it and stuff to themselves. It's real fucked up. Yeah, like, it's insane. Yeah. But the cop's like, God, what is that smell? He's like, oh, I butchered a hog earlier and left it in here. And honestly, I think the smell's what gets him out of it. He's like, oh, get out of here, but just watch your speed, because the cop knows him. He drives away and goes, I'm sorry for calling you a hog, Mama. Yeah, he's apologizing. <laughs> well, because Ed, like he, uh, he keeps saying Ed as well. Ezra opens up the casket and he sees, like, basically, like Mom wakes up from a nap and like her eyes blink. And then it comes to real life and like he pulls her arm off, so she's in pieces basically. Well, I mean, she's been in there for a year. Yeah. Um, he's having dinner with the neighbors, and he learns about obituaries for the first time? Yeah, he's like, what do you mean? Because it's like, oh yeah, so-and-so died, our old sixth grade teacher, remember her, Ezra? And Ezra's like, nope. He's just eating beans. <laughs> they also do keep doing close-up of everything Ezra eats, and it's always beans for some reason. But what does he say, like... Oh, all you gotta do is die to get in the paper? Like, Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, they tell you, like, you know, where the funeral's gonna be held, where they're being buried. He's like, so, they tell you where the bodies are delivered to, where you can steal the pieces off of? And they're like, oh, Ez, stop joking around like that. <laughs> and that night he does, he goes and cuts the head off of his old teacher's corpse for face parts because mom is not doing so great. She's rotted. And he does keep the skull and he puts it in the bedroom with his mom. And it's like, I figured you two have lots of catching up to do or something like that. Like the skull and the corpse are going to converse with each other. Yeah, like, okay, you two probably have a lot to catch up on. I'll leave you to it. I'll bring you some tea. <laughs> <laughs> um, This is where you said about the neighbor... The woman, like, telling him he needs to date, yes. but he, he doesn't trust women. You can't think of one woman that you trust? <laughs> and it's definitely, like, a setup for, like, well, I trust you, but he doesn't, like, Maureen Selby! Oh, well, why can't you trust her? Because she's fat! <laughs> yeah, and poor Maureen, because we get to her in a little bit, and, like, her husband's dead, and... Oh, I can't wait to get to her. Yeah. Especially their second meeting. I cannot wait. It reminds me <laughs> of Hereditary. <laughs> Dude, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> would you think you would be comparing this? 
That's that's the only thing, and it's razor thin. <laughs> Let's not get carried away, but I get what you mean. Uh, it's pretty close. But he goes to Maureen Selby's apartment in his nice suit, and he has to, like, introduce herself, like, oh, I'm Ezra Cobb. It's like, oh, I talked to your mother, we fell out, but... And brings her in, and she brings him in and everything. They agree to have a date after he says, like, I talked to my mother. He's like, are you making fun of me? Because I talked to my late husband, and so... He's going to come back for a date another time. Apparently, both talking to dead people is enough of a connection. Yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, we can have a um, four-way kind of like dinner date kind of thing going on. Oh, she goes a four-way seance. Yeah. Yes. Which I immediately thought of like, well, um, my husband's out there alone and your mother's out there alone. Maybe they can hook up, then we can hook up. We'll all be like, we'll all be happy. I mean, that's close to it, I guess. Yeah. But back home, Ez is eating fried chicken, like, talking, <laughs> like, waving the drumstick around, talking about, like, you're right, Ma, she is fat. Yeah, she's got tons of meat hanging off of her, off her legs, off her arms. I, I like the way it flutters in the wind. And then, like, while he's talking, he's eating a drumstick, and he dips it in peanut butter, and then goes back to eating the drumstick. Yeah, he says this line like, I like that fat, just, I might get stuck in there though, I better take protection. <laughs> what protection? I mean, a condom. But that doesn't make you not get stuck in there, like... I think he's just worried about not being able to pull out. Oh, okay. Like, he doesn't want to get stuck in the fat, he's saying. Yeah, like, oh, it's too good. <laughs> I don't know where I'm sticking it, but it feels good. <laughs> But he shows back up another day for the seance, and here's the thing. So she's like, I'm going to contact them now. <laughs> Herbert? Herbert? Which was her ex-husband, well, her late husband's name. And she's like, Herbert wants to talk to you. After he introduced, like, I'm here with Ezra. He's a very nice man, and he's handsome. And Ezra, you can tell, it's going right to his head. He's, like, giving that little face and everything. Oh, I am handsome. Mama told me. But she, she's like, Herbert wants to talk to you now. Jesus Christ, this part. Well, because the before even Herbert takes over for a minute, it's, oh, well, I can't ask him that. I'm too embarrassed. Which I'm guessing is Herbert being like, how big's his dick? <laughs> it's gotta be something close to it. You're not yeah. wrong. Like, yeah, I'd want you to be happy, but maybe you can be a little smaller than me. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, I don't want showing up when I'm dead. Yeah, like, holy shit, Herbert who? <laughs> then here we go. Because Herbert wants to talk to you now. <laughs> Is that okay? Ezra, that's fine. And she's like, oh. And then she talks like this. Ezra, this is Herbert. Jesus, and it goes on for so long. <laughs> Will you cook my wife for me? <laughs> What's he saying? I want you to make my wife a woman. Again. And it's just like, okay, well, stop coming towards me because right now Herbert's in there, so let's get the, the her back in there, then we can get down to going to bed. It's like, That's no, the thing. it has to me be first. I want to see how you feel. He start, she, they start, like, making out and filling each other up, but she's still talking as Herbert. That's so weird. 
This is the moment, Brett, where I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> well, what did you say? You're, you're you're like, I'm watching Deranged. I'm like, it's good. You're like, oh, no. Oh, uh, if you're a newer listener, you probably don't know this. If there's a movie I haven't seen that it's a Brett pick that you've <laughs> typically seen before, and I ask you a question about it or something, or so, hey, I'm about to start it. Usually you'll say, oh, it's blah, 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 like whatever, describe it. <laughs> if you just send me the two words that are, it's good, I know I'm typically in for a shit show, and I'm pretty much just throw my hands in the air and say, fuck it, okay. Because it's never good when you say that. <laughs> it's me sitting there trying to be like, okay, which scene do I describe? Of just, you just need to see it. It's good. It's good. Don't worry. It's good. <laughs> I have talked about the mother puking in front of uh, Ed uh, for years now. Of like, oh, it's so I did funny. Know that just from you telling me. Yeah. Yes. But eventually. Maureen gets back. Herbert, like, fucks off for a little bit. And they're on the bed, and they're about to get it on. And why is she wearing a blonde wig for the seance and then takes it off? Yeah, I know. She does herself up, but it's, it is weird how she just puts on... Because it's not like she has, like, bad hair. It's like, she has, like, still, like, long, like, black hair. It's not like it's, like, gray. She might be embarrassed about that, or there might be, like, pieces missing. No. It's still fine, so the wig looks worse. But, they're they're getting it. It looks like everything's gonna end well for Mr. Ezra Cobb, but then, he has a flashback to his mother talking about the wickedness of women and everything like that, and he's like, oh no, it's like, the punishment for sin is death! And going on like that in his head. And so... She starts reaching, she's like, unzip your pants. And he reaches down and pulls a gun out and stands like, what is that? Why do you have that? Puts a pillow over her face and shoots her through the pillow. Well, because she's, like, rubbing his crotch and stuff. She's like, take off your pants. And then she's like, oh, Ezra. Because I guess she feels the gun. It's like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) How hard is this? Yeah. Like, damn. Herbert who? But yeah, he kills her. There's his first kill of the movie. And then our reporter shows back up again, and we get some narration about how this wasn't the end, though. Ezra would continue to look for companionship at this tavern. And this is the tavern scene. Oh, yes. And he cu- it just cuts to he's sitting at a table in a tavern. And Mary, I believe, uh, comes up yep. to him. And this is supposed to be, I guess, Mary Hogan, because she was the tavern person but imagine this lady add like 300 pounds and make her 60 yeah that's more accurate they said uh, i believe mary hogan was the ex-mob boss's wife who fled new york city oh for real okay there's always there was rumors around town always of like where she came from and what her past was okay but she does supposedly have mob ties oh i never knew that yeah but um he comes over and is like, okay, what can I get you to drink? He's like, glass of milk. I love how he answers all of his questions. It's very matter-of-fact with as few words as he can. Just like, milk, milk, please. Yeah, typically not making eye contact either. They do get like those weird mannerisms and stuff down really well. And she's like, this isn't a nursery. We don't serve milk. We serve hard liquor. And he's like, well, I just came here to see you. It's like, oh, well, that's very sweet, but you need to buy things so you can stay here. You can't just sit here forever for free. So she makes him a whiskey sour, which if you've never drank before, bring him a beer. 
I like whiskey sours, though. I've never had one. Oh, they're good. I like them. Yeah. But but he orders one, a drink's like, oh, that's good. Cut to closing time. He's had like six or eight of them it is, for a guy who's never drank before. I, I, it's literally like, oh, this is my first drink ever. And you don't know like, oh, this tastes amazing. I can't taste the liquor at all. That's not good. <laughs> no, never. It's like it's his 21st birthday. He's out there. But he ends up drinking like eight or nine of these things, it looks like. Oh, yeah. It's closing time. Ez is drunk, and Mary's, like, being nice, helping him with his coat and everything. He's like, can I have a kiss goodnight? And she gives him a little peck at everything. And he's like, yoo-wee! Like, <laughs> you know, this one's straight to his head. Oh, yeah. yahoo! Yeah, and he, I believe he's driving home the entire time with this huge smile on his face. Of, like, this oh, was the greatest night of my entire life. So much so that he just starts stalking that bar but doesn't go back in. And he's just watching her car, watching her leave. And one night he goes up and slashes two of her tires. And it's not like this is a big town you live in, Ezra. If you were decently nice to her, she would probably just date you. I don't know. Ezra's a pretty weird dude. Yeah, but if if there's like, okay, you got that guy. At least he doesn't smell like pig shit. Because Ezra gave up farming. So... He doesn't smell like shit anymore as much. Dude, I forgot real quick before, like, that first night when he was there. And he's, like, obviously into this girl and everything. She goes back to get him his drink. The random old guy who turns around and talks oh, to him. Oh, yeah. Holy what I wouldn't give to rub my up her and all this shit. Like, you know, just pervy old man talk. Like, oh, I wish I wasn't so fucking old. I can't fucking get hard anymore. As I look down, it's like a turkey <laughs> neck hanging there. Like, he goes into detail. Yeah, way too much for a guy that I don't think Ezra knows. No. Yeah, it's just this old, lonely man. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about my saggy dick. Once again, Ezra is creeped out and is like, uh, uh, yeah, just don't talk to me. <laughs> but anyway, he slashes her tires. She comes out and he walks like, oh, what's the trouble? She's like, oh, some damn kids like slash my tires. Like, oh, those kids, they're so bad. Always into trouble. Those kids, all the troublemakers. I swear he says the same thing. It's like PJ Souls and Halloween <laughs> talking about books. It's like, oh yeah, those kids that definitely did this, not the 37-year-old man. Nope, no, definitely not him. He doesn't like flannel. No, he was definitely a child. <laughs> but she asks him for a ride to the filling station. Look, maybe I'm stupid, Brett. Is a filling station a gas station? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I had never heard this term before. This is 1950s speak. Ah, uh, okay. And so he's giving her a ride, and it's like, you missed the turn. Stop, you missed the turn. He goes, well, they're going to charge you an arm and a leg back there. I got some spare tires in my place. I'll do for free. She's like, oh, okay, thanks. They get there. He's like, I'll be back. You want to wait here? Is it going to take long? No. Okay, she waits there. It is taking him forever, so she starts honking the horn. Oh. Think of it from her perspective of she has no okay. idea that this guy is a terrible grave digger murderer person. She just thinks that, oh, he's like the kind of weird guy that hangs out around the bar and he's going to fix my car for free. But he's taking more than the two seconds he said it was going to take. So I'm going to be an asshole. Be like, hurry the fuck up. Fix my car faster for free. <laughs> I don't know. I think self-preservation might be kicking in in this moment, too, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, 
he didn't say he was going to his house. He just did this stuff without letting me know and everything. It's starting to get sketchy, and now he's taking forever. So I kind of get it. I see what you're saying, too. Yeah. Each way, I'm like, okay. I can also see from her thing of she is correct because Ezra is a horrible grave robbing, murderer's possible cannibal. <laughs> exactly. But she honks the horn. He doesn't come out. She goes inside the house and she hears music. She goes in the room and she finds what I've dubbed the body room. Yeah, they're all just hanging out in there like it's a bunch of old like people just watching television together or playing bridge. Yeah, and you don't realize the one middle body is Ezra at first, wearing yeah. a full skin suit, which, like, the leggings and everything, which were a real thing if you want to disturb yourself and look up some pictures. Oh, yeah, uh, I didn't see a nipple belt, though. I did not. I was honestly looking for the lampshade and the nipple belt. I didn't see either of them. They did have the drum, though. That is right from I saw the a drum. real Ed Gein thing. Yes. But, yeah, he's wearing, like, a skin suit in the middle. You remember uh, Slipknot? Yeah. Like, around, like, their second or third album, Corey Taylor's mask honestly looked just like this. Oh, really? Yeah, I forget what album, I think it was Volume 3. Yeah, it looked exactly like the mask he's got on here. Oh, nice. But, of course, she is terrified and freaked <laughs> out. But, um, she starts running to the truck, and Ezra runs up behind her, catches her hard cut right there. Right, which we're guessing, okay, she got knocked out. Yeah, exactly. And what she did, because she wakes up the next day, tied up in the closet, and you hear Ezra is, he goes, I'm fixing up everybody to meet you out here. Sorry I had to put you in the closet. Like, just tidying up a bit. Yeah, like, oh, this is going to go fine now, I'm sure. Like, Mama lost her head when she saw you came over. Which the head probably rolled off. Yes. Yes. But then we get the dinner scene. And Which... if you've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, honestly, quite a bit like that. Yeah, it's funny how certain scenes get borrowed from certain of the Ed Gein-inspired movies. Of like, I see a little bit of like the Buffalo Bill stuff with the slashing of the tires and the tricking of the person. Like, definitely the dinner scene with um Texas Chainsaw. Uh, the mother actually getting dug up and, like, uh, put around like she is, like, right back in bed and whatnot is right out of Psycho. Yeah, a lot of them come... Then this is more of an Ed Gein movie, so you get a lot of the... What's the word? Tropes in this one. Yeah, which, holy shit. Ed Gein, the growing up where he loved to read, like, the fantasy novels and the pulp magazines and stuff. It's like, one day, I'm gonna inspire so many Hollywood movies. It's like, yeah, little Eddie, but not for a good reason there, buddy. No. No, definitely not. You're not gonna like the way you portrayed him. Look, Mama! This predates all of them, except for Psycho, right? And, uh, Texas Chainsaw got released the same year. Oh, okay. I, I was trying to think of that. Okay. But yeah, so we get dinner time, and <laughs> she's tied up to a regular chair, not a bone chair. Aww. And this is where he shows off all of his arts and crafts to her. And I'm guessing that he just needed to fix the two spots on Mama, because there's only the nose and part of the forehead that ever gets repaired. Yeah, I mean, if the rest is there, it's fine. It just can't be gone. Oh, did you notice the thing they did with... Ma's name. No. Her name is Macab. Macab. Oh, that's cool. 
Oh, I, was that on purpose? Yes. Oh, well done. Savini pointed that out in that behind-the-scenes thing. Oh, I would have never caught that. That's cool. Yeah, neither. Because as soon as he said that, I looked it up on Letterboxd and looked at the name. I was like, oh! <laughs> but she says, well, I can't eat with her hands tied. Like, well, I can't untie you. You'll try to run away. Is that any way to treat your future wife? And then he gets super bashful, right? They're like, no. I suppose it ain't. Well, it's like, oh, is she starting to fall for me? <laughs> yeah. And so he goes to untie her, but instead just starts groping her and, like, kissing on her and everything instead. She's like, so she has to try again. She's like, untie my hand so I can touch you, too. Yeah, like, I want to touch you as well. Please untie my hands. <laughs> He does, and she grabs a bottle and, of course, bashes it right over his head, runs the door that's right behind her, and it's locked. Of, of course. course it's locked. <laughs> but then, like, so it's like the chase around the table game thing here. And he picks up a body and throws it at him, and then picks up Mama. Oh, my and God. And in slow motion, throws it directly at him. And he's like, no, Mama, no! <laughs> Honestly, the smartest move, though, because yeah. you know he's going to stop and catch Mama. Oh, he has to. But she gets out the other door there, and then she makes it to the kitchen, but there's another locked door. And she's literally beaten to death with a femur. Yes. This is where, yeah, Ed was showing off his different, like, contraptions. And the one part is funny, knowing that, like, they made this drum thing, and they probably only have one, because he starts hitting it hard. And, like, there's an indent in it, and you see him look, like, off-camera, and he starts hitting it lighter. So I can imagine Savini being in the background, being like, stop hitting it so hard, you're gonna break it. <laughs> yeah, he's making, like, put-on-the-brakes motions, like, slow down! <laughs> yeah. But I have in my notes, cool blood color. Oh, yes, once again, the awesome red techno blood. But this, you can tell, is, like, on the bone, and when it comes down, there's a little blop, blop. Like, it yeah. doesn't look like it's coming from her head. It looks like it's being splashed onto her head. What's also funny, at the beginning of this movie, they definitely try to set it up of, this is the most gruesome thing you will ever see with your own two eyes. Like, you will be forever changed. It's like, there's, like, two little scenes where there's blood. There's, like, some creepy stuff for sure, but, like, even movies that were already released before this were creepier. <laughs> yeah, as far as, like, disturbing content goes in this movie, I mean, of course, it's a horror movie based on Ed Gein's yeah. murders. It's gonna be disturbing. But as far as, like, really, like, bone-chilling, like, not really, maybe the end. You know what I mean with the barn and everything? Yeah. That might be the, like, the big gruesome one. But other than that, not really. Well, also think about, like, this is a drive-in movie for sure. And that's what they're going to oh, do definitely. is they're going to hype it up as the most gruesome thing in the world. And usually they save the most gruesome thing or the big monster for the very end, which they definitely do. Because that's what you drive away talking about and you tell your friends so they go see it the next night. Yeah. yeah. And you were busy during the middle of the movie making out with your girl. <laughs> Yes. But, yeah, so she's dead now. Now he's back with the neighbor, and the neighbor's reading the paper and is talking about that missing bartender, and Ezra jokes, well, I've got her. Which is an actual joke Ed made about one of his victims. Like, she ain't missing. She's over at my house with me. And everyone laughed and thought it was so funny that, like, Ed made this funny joke. Yeah, it's weird. Like, oh, shit, you realize later. <laughs> yeah. But the neighbor's son and his girlfriend, Sally, stop by the house for a quick second, and Ezra's attention is quickly grabbed by the Sally girl. Oh, yes. 
she works at the general store in town. Ezra goes to the store she's working at and is spying through the window at her. But right then, his neighbor and his son, Brad, both show up like, Hey, Ez, how you doing? They're like, oh, now I better go in and act like I'm going to buy something. There's four people in this town, and they bump into each other all the time. Well, there's nothing else to do in the town, so I guess so. Yeah. If you're not home, you're probably at one of the like two or three places that are in town. Yeah. But they invite him to go hunting. He declines. They're in the store, and... The dad is, like, checking out this gun. He's very impressed with this gun, like, looking around, like, this is the best damn rifle i ever seen in my life. Look at it, as It's okay. Okay, I can tell you don't know guns, because then you appreciate what true beauty this is. You know, just all that. Holy shit, I'm about to come. I better leave. Here, take it. (laughs) They leave, and they're like, oh, see you later, Ezra. And Ezra goes to pay for his antifreeze, which is the excuse he said while he stopped. They're like, is that it? Like, I guess I'm going to keep looking around. Okay, Ezra, so she knows who he is because they met earlier. He goes back and picks up the gun. This is the display gun, Brett. Did I miss a scene where he put ammo into it, like where he loaded the gun? Oh, yeah, he does load the gun. He takes a bullet out of his pocket and cocks it and whatnot. Okay, I was about to be like, why the fuck is there a loaded gun on the shelf? That makes much more sense. Never mind. That was just my own fault. (laughs) But he looks down and she looks up like, are you okay? And he just shoots her like grazes her head, I guess, knocks her out. Because it is a headshot, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because later on you see her where she's running around and she has blood on her head. So I'm guessing it grazed her and knocked her out. That probably has to be it then. Because she wakes up in the bed of his truck as he's driving away and she starts standing up and everything. He looks and slams on the brake like, oh shit. And then she hops out of the truck and starts running and she makes sees Brad's truck in the woods, just crazy coincidence, I guess that's where they stop, but they're not at the truck, and she keeps running, and she steps right on a bear trap that they put down earlier. Yeah, which it's so funny that they are the ones that put the trap down. Which I thought, because they're still, like, kind of nearby, I thought yeah. they would hear the screaming, and that would be the end of the movie like this. Exactly. You're going to hear, especially really quiet woods like that, you're going to hear that for, like, ever. There's no way they didn't hear it. Yeah, but I guess not. Yeah. And they're right there, but whatever. But she steps in this bear trap, and she, like, crawls in these bushes, but it's on a chain. Ezra's, like, chase her down, sees the chain, like, waving around right in front of him. And almost, I thought, I'm like, is he so stupid he's not going to see it? Because he looks the other way at first. I'm like, really? But then he looks at her and, like, starts pulling her out with the chain. This is a bit of a gruesome part. Yeah. Well, especially imagine, like, your, um, what was her name? Which one is this? Is this Sally? Uh, this is Sally. Okay. Yes. Imagine you're Sally. You got you just got shot in the head, but it didn't kill you. You escaped. You're running away. You step in a fucking bear trap. <laughs> like, motherfucker! This is like some final destination shit. Yeah, the the universe wants you dead at this point. Tony Todd's in the corner, like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he pulls her in and then he does shoot her. She is dead now. Like for real. He's like, I got center of the head this time right the dad and brad go back to the store and they find the blood and like everything knocked over and all that kind of stuff and they call the cops and they're like you two are the last customers according to the register and brad's like wait a minute ezra was here after us he was by antifreeze and the dad still even presented with this really weird evidence like no, Ezra wouldn't do anything. He wouldn't hurt a fly. Yeah, he's still... Because the son immediately is like, it's that weirdo Ezra! And like he said, the dad's like, no, he's my best buddy! 
And I get not wanting to sell your best friend out immediately. You yeah. probably wouldn't think it's like, okay, we can go ask him, whatever. Let's be thorough here. Maybe he saw something. But he's like, no. <laughs> no, the first thing I'm thinking is, oh, Greg did something. Oh, the podcast numbers are going to go way up. Can he still podcast from prison? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good I'm sure, because people do interviews from prison. Oh, you know how people would do, like, like Jeffrey Dahmer did that, like, exclusive for, like, Dateline or whatever. It's like, exclusive for throbbing with horror. That just bring us in, like, normal, and we just talk about a movie. <laughs> I don't like being compared to Ed Gein. I'm not liking this scenario. <laughs> well, I, as you can tell, I immediately jumped to, you're the one in prison, before you said I was. Yeah. Why am I there? <laughs> but... The cop and those two go back to Ezra's to go check everything out. And Ezra is in the barn. She is strung up like a deer like that a hunter shot. And start. we get the skinning scene here. Yeah. And it's just like the blood dripping all down her because she's naked and she's real pale. So the blood looks like real cool. Yeah, it's that super red blood like we've said a couple times. Yeah. And he gets another mother flashback here and then just yells, No! Yeah, it's like, is this bad or is it good? Does mom like this or not like it? I think because he was looking at her boobs. Am I taking that right? Because he was looking at the flesh or whatever? Oh, maybe. It's like, you can cut all the flesh off of her that you want, but do not look at a nipple. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> but I like that he's doing this with the barn door hanging open. Oh, yeah. He doesn't even shut the door. It's middle of the day. It's like he killed a deer. Yeah, exactly. And the cops and them show up, and they see her in there. Immediately. They go, yeah. And so here's the thing. They see dead Sally. Ezra's in the house at this point. Ezra's sitting at the table eating, and they come into the house. They have this slow-mo run for them running to the house that serves no purpose, and I have no idea why it's slow motion. Well, they're like, we need to pad this out at least a little bit more, because it's only 83 minutes long. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking with our runtime. I'm like, oh shit, did we get through most of the movie already? Yeah. <laughs> nah, fuck, it's still October. You guys have enough. We can do a short one. But yeah, they slow-mo run into the house, and they see a blood-covered Ezra sitting at the table with his corpse mom, and that's like the end of it. And the narrator comes up, several nights later, a group of townspeople led by whatever the neighbor's man name was, burned the Cobb farm to the ground. Right, which is a real thing they did to Ed Gein's farm because they were going to put yes, it up for did. auction, and there was a guy that was interested in making it like a house of horrors kind of thing, like attraction, and the town was like, "Nope," and burn it down. I mean, it's not like it helped that town anyway, dude. They get so many like true crime podcasters and murder tourists that go there constantly. It's not like burning that down did them any favors. That is one. If for whatever reason I'm ever like near Wisconsin, I'm going to be like, oh, I need to go to Plainfield. Oh yeah. It's something you would, you'd want to see again. People, you know, I'm not celebrating it no. at all or anything like that. It's still interesting. Like it's something I'd like to check out. Oh yeah. Well, I remember the one job I worked at, the one guy called and he's like, oh yeah, I'm broken down, you know, and he gave me his coordinates and I looked at it. I was like, holy shit, you're like 20 minutes from Ed Gein's house. He's like, who? And I'm like, never mind. I like texted my boss. <laughs> Dude, like, you know, all those places are just full of people just going there. Like, not just the Ed Gein one. You know, all the, like, the 
famous like serial killer locations. Oh. They just have tourists in there constantly. And I have to <laughs> wonder what their town thinks. They're like, we have all these people coming in, but we also don't want to advertise. That's what we're for, like famous yeah. for. Well, it's like, you know how many times I'll see a picture online and it's like a random person, usually it's like a punk or goth person standing in front of a vacant lot and they're all excited. And it's like, where Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment building used to be or something like that. (laughs) Exactly. It's all the time. So I don't know. But yeah, that was credits, and that's the end of Deranged. Yeah, what a weird movie. Um, this is one I found at a con, even though it was a bootleg copy. I was still extremely happy to find it. Um, it ha- it has the case though. Yeah, it's it actually is like a cool, uh, convincing case. But um, as soon as we talked about like, oh yeah, let's do like Throbtober and do like thirty one movies for thirty one days. Immediately, what movie did I bring up was Deranged because I was like, oh, if we're doing that many movies, I know I could fit this in there. Yeah, because if we did a regular week, <laughs> our numbers would be, we got one play. It'd be worse than <laughs> WNUF Halloween special. <laughs> Is that still our lowest one? Oh yeah. Oh, poor WNUF. It's a really it's good, such a good movie, too. And the sequel's coming out. I know. I feel so bad for WNUF. Hey, I love it. Check out check out that movie. Well, you know what? This is coming up out in October. Maybe it'll get another play or two. Who I, knows? I hope. <laughs> but yeah, so that was deranged. Do you want to get into all the end of episode stuff? Yes, yeah, so let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. All right, the Throgman Horror Count of the Dead we're tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with Deranged? For a movie based on a serial killer? Not a huge one. Yeah. Well, Ed Gein, and I don't want to say only killed, but only killed two people, possibly three. His brother's death is a mystery. Um, yes. So it kind of fits with that. But I know there's more than three in this one. I don't know if I want to say three now. <laughs> I'm going to say three. Oh, I'll let you. You're going to say three? <laughs> I'm going to say three. <laughs> I know which one you're missing, too. Oh, damn. We had Ma Cobb. Yep. We had Maureen. Mm-hmm. We had Mary, and we had Sally. Right. Four. Okay. You're really close. Yeah. I leave the low one. Oh, yeah, very nice. Well, that's great. Skunked of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. And now we're getting to my ratings from Dimension Z. <laughs> uh, so, basically... I take the movie. When am I gonna start put wait, when am I gonna just start putting a sound effect so we can stop making thunder noises every week? I told you we need a soundboard. <laughs> we'll get one. <laughs> I have to do the shit with I my don't mouth. Want one. <laughs> I'm just gonna press the buttons like this this one's a duck. <laughs> um I take the movie and I take something from the movie and I rate the movie one through ten, one being the worst and ten being the best. And I come up with that thing right now. So earlier, Ed had his very first... I keep saying Ed. Ezra had his very well, first they also kept the name so similar, it's Ez. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's hard not to. Come on. Um, had his very first drink at a bar, and he loves whiskey sours. So I'm going to do yes. liquor drinks. Okay. Um, so a number one liquor drink, in my opinion. The worst kind of liquor drink. I'm going to go with, like, a Bloody Mary. Because my dad loves them, and I had a drink of one one time, because I was like, I'll try it. And I was like, I hate this. We were going to a show one time really far away, and we got there real early in the morning to do stuff. And I was like, well, I'm going to do, we're at some like trendy restaurant. I'm "I'm going (laughs) to get the brunch drink. I'm going to get the Bloody Mary. 
I don't. I did not. Uh, what human enjoys yeah, this? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> torturous. Pepper in your drink? That's not a drink. It, ew. There's a piece of well celery sticking tomato, out of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, mush up a tomato. Like, drop some vodka in it and just eat that. I don't know. It's gross. I'm even a vodka fan, and I'm like, this is disgusting. It's you put a shot of vodka in tomato soup. Yeah, it's a bad kind of soup. So that is definitely, I'm agreeing yes. with you 100% Good. on your number one. Awesome. Um, a number 10 kind of liquor drink, the best kind of liquor drink. And I'm trying to think, because we're, Ezra was at a bar, so I'm trying to think, you're at a bar, what are you ordering? And I, if I'm, especially if I'm going to go there and like actually go to a place, I might go a little bit higher and get a like nice whiskey. Okay. Like, I'm thinking, like, a Knob Creek. Like, one of those ones where it's smoky. Maybe it's a maple-flavored. I love those. Oh, I've never even had that, but I've seen it. It looks good. It's good for, like, a shot. Because if you drink that all night, you're gonna have a hangover. That's... I Dude, if I have a shot, <laughs> I have a hangover oh, anymore. Yeah. So, definitely. I cannot drink hard liquor anymore. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give Deranged a right-down-the-middle 5 out of 5. Okay, that that makes sense. I have a good time with it. I've seen it twice now. I kind of get what it is. I could see if I'm really in a mood for like a grindhouse drive-in type movie, I would put it on. Yeah, I'm not far off from you. I went four uh, bar drinks out of ten. Okay. So, like, yeah, pretty close to you. It's a little lower for me. Just... Some things I'm just like, why? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it felt kind of unfinished to me. I don't know, but uh, it was fun enough. Like, I'm not mad I watched it. I'm no. not in here cursing you out for making me watch this one or anything Good. like that. <laughs> I yeah, was wondering. Four drinks out of ten. Okay, I I will agree with that. You've made me watch so much worse than this. <laughs> like, this is one. Even if like you didn't have me watch it for the show, and I read the description, I started watching it. I'd probably see it through to the end still. Oh, good. Yeah, that's deranged. <laughs> yeah. So, it, and it was. Oh yeah, it's very. He's he's a little kooky. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're hope that you're enjoying Throbtober. Uh, this is the very first movie I thought of when we came up with this. So here it is. <laughs> well, I I don't think that's right. I think you said Halloween three first, and when we start talking, oh, that was just for October. You're yeah. right. Once we decide we're gonna do thirty one episodes, you're I- like. This was it. I have to get it in now, because I might not ever get it in again. (laughs) Yeah. But unless you have anything else. No, that's all I got. All right, well, we hope that you're enjoying Throbtober, and we hope that Deranged has left your brain throbbing with horror. Ah, it seems you've survived another fright. Be sure to look for the Throbbing with Horror pumpkin on all of your favorite social medias and local newspaper headlines. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform, or else. Subscribe for more tantalizing terror, and be ready for the new fear next week, if you dare.